Hello, and welcome to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. I'm your host, Jeff Zarang. In Minding the Forest, we'll talk about sustainable forestry, how important forests are to Louisiana and its economy, as well as issues in the forest products industry and how forests benefit everyone. We have with us Michael Crow, who is the president of Crow Forest Resources, also the chairman this year for the Louisiana Forestry Association annual meeting. Michael, great to have you with us. Good to be with you, Jeff. Let's start out with a little bit about the Crow family. It has a long history of being in the forest products industry in Louisiana, uh, and particularly central Louisiana. So tell us a little, little bit about yourself and, and your family. Sure, absolutely. So we're uh, exciting year for us. It's 130 years. We started in 1892 right here in Longleaf, Louisiana, just four miles south of our office which is where our first mill was built, began just a simple operation, began acquiring timberland over over the decades, and and we've been fortunate to be able to keep it going until today. This is the fifth generation, so I'm the fifth generation to be able to work here. We are 100% still family-owned, family-run, and family-governed. That's an impressive feat to hang in for five generations and not just hang in. I mean, they'll seem to be doing well and have done well so there's a lot of a lot of business acumen and i don't know how how, how does the family keep such a good thing going for so long we again we've been fortunate to have good leadership throughout uh the decades and and be able to continue the buy-in from the from the family both local and and uh outside of the state uh that this is an asset that that's worth continuing to build and 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 it's very stable, you know, you're not going to get the peaks and valleys that you would in, in other volatile asset classes, but you know, there, there's always opportunities. Things are changing right now. As you can imagine, the industry over the past 20 years looks a lot different than it does, uh, than it used to, I should say. And, you know, adapting and evolving with that has been one of the primary challenges to, uh, to, to keep the ship afloat, but we have a tremendous buy-in from the family and and a lot of support we don't look to the future as in one two or three years we look to the next 100 years that's incredible it really is uh, hats off to to the crow family for doing so well so long thank and, you and uh you are also a big supporter and uh helper with the louisiana forestry association for which we're very appreciative as well and you took on the task of being the annual meeting chairman this year Sure. So how has that been for you? It's been good so far. Excited to get everybody back together again. You know, it's been a few years since since uh, I've actually got to see some of these folks again. It's one of the rare opportunities where people from around the state and even out of the state get to come and and uh, and do some networking and and um, and and, you know, get up to date with everybody's actions what they're doing what they're thinking and and uh, it's a good opportunity to uh, to also relax and have fun it's an exciting time it really is and in louisiana we were talking earlier about the facilities that are coming to louisiana three mills that are going to be built over the next uh, several months uh, one that was an idled mill that has restarted now there's a canadian connection with each one of them it seems so uh, it seems as though louisiana is now getting some attention that other areas in the south have had and we have a good wood basket to, to offer them. I would say it's about time, to be honest with you. We, uh, we do have a great wood basket. It's underserved as far as 
competition goes. And, and it's great to see these companies come in, make big investments, look to the, to the long term. And I think it will, you know, strengthen our, our stumpage markets for sure. It'll, it'll be better for the logging capacity. It'll, it'll increase jobs there for, uh, for example, and, 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 you know, just to continue to, to put Louisiana, you know, on the up and up and, and finally get to catch up with some of the other states to our east. Looking at the annual meeting, like you said, it is a time for a lot of networking, uh, a lot of reconnection with friends that have been, I guess, Zooming is a verb now. I guess uh, so. <laughs> and it doesn't mean going down the highway. That has been, I think, a challenge over the last couple of years. I know for us it has been. I don't know about for, for you guys. It has, uh, for sure. You, our industry, or excuse me, I guess uh, our, our company in particular, didn't see a huge interruption. You know, we don't have a huge staff and, and we did take the precautions necessary, but a lot of the time our individuals are out in the field, you know, monitoring or doing field work or whatever the task may be. So while you're already out there, our industry kind of promotes that individual activity in the woods. And, and that's part of, of the isolation process that, you know, some of us actually enjoy a little bit. So, uh, but I definitely, I'm a, I'm a people person. I, I, I miss the, the, the in-person meetings. Uh, I think there's a lot to that. And I think people understand coming back out of it that they did miss it more than they might've realized, you know, zoom is uh, convenient and, and, uh, it does allow, you know, initial meetings when you may not know a subject or, or whether or not you want to pursue something, you can get that over that decision with over quick. And you don't have to go travel very far to realize that you either do or don't want to do something. So, but yeah, no, everything is, is, has its place. And, you know, I think it's, it's here to stay for sure. The virtual aspect of the meeting, but we still prefer in-person meetings. I understand that and, and wholeheartedly support that. And the new developments that we've been talking about, they have representatives coming to the annual meeting. Uh, it's well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, we have an meeting set up for August 30th through September 1st. We're going to be at one of the favorite spots, I think, that our folks Golden enjoy. Nugget. Yeah. Yes, sir. Going yeah. back for the next two years, as a matter of fact. We got that locked in. So, no, it's been a, it's been a popular venue, I think, for, for the membership. And, and, you know, we are looking forward to having the, the, the panel of the, uh, the manufacturers that are coming to the state to educate everybody about you know, what is going on and, and what may take place. And, you know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for people to learn more than just what's in print that might be in the newspaper or, or the LFA magazine. Also on the agenda is Brooks Mendel, who is the president and CEO of For Risk Consulting. He has been a really good draw for folks as well. It seems like his knowledge base has been very good, and folks really look forward to hearing from him. What do, you, what do you look to hear from him? Brooks, a numbers guy. He's a friend. We've known each other for, for a while and always like, like to listen to, to the statistics that he throws out. Uh, it's, just, it's just an opportunity to maybe get in the weeds a little bit more on, on markets and opportunities where you, you know, he can forecast a little bit for, for us maybe with the incoming mills and, and with the, the volume that may be moving around and, and the competition in the marketplace, which is healthy, uh, he could, you know, hopefully allude to some price increases would be great from a landowner standpoint on the stumpage side. I think it's going to be a good opportunity for everybody to see that timber is a, a, 
a part of Louisiana that's here to stay. And that part to stay is oftentimes, in many communities, the lifeblood of rural areas. You know, that's one of the aspects of, of the, the landowner market that has seen the most pressure is the smaller landowners. And I think with the addition of these mills, those, those landowners that may be more rural uh, will, will be able to put their foot in the market uh, better than they, they had previously with the, with the competition. So I think it's an opportunity for, for that as well, for sure. I think some of the mills are scheduled to come online as early as uh, next year. How long do you think that will start to impact down to loggers and landowners? Uh, I think you're going to see it fairly quickly. Uh, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, because uh, in the 20 years that I've worked here, we haven't had a mill open in our market. Uh, other, well, I guess uh, let me let me pull that back. We had the OSB mill at Pawnee. However... I think that's yet to be seen for me. I wish I knew the answer to that question. But I would think it would be rep fairly rapidly. And, and the logging force to feed a mill like the ones that are, that are coming in, these are all big projects, and they will require a, uh, a lot of raw material to, to feed. And, and I think the, the logging force and the landowners will see that fairly quickly. And hopefully, maybe, if we're getting noticed, we can get a few more things down the line. We'll have to wait and see what the future brings for us. I think there's definitely still opportunity here for more, more manufacturers to take a look at this wood basket. Is that the biggest challenge for landowners? I think so. Uh, you know, that's, that's what keeps them owning land uh, and able to pay the taxes and justify holding that timber asset for the long term. Um, but the regulatory environment, the regulatory creep, as we say, they may present regulation that doesn't seem very bad, but it may open a door for an opportunity that you did not see, and it creeps over into uh, to something that's adverse to the landowner themselves. So uh, the regulatory environment is something that, that you know we watch pretty closely. Uh, I know LFA does, and protecting landowners from policy that's created by people that don't understand our business, they don't understand... Uh, what it means to be a landowner. They just think that because they're told this is better for the environment, this is the way it should be. It doesn't always make sense. So, Something that I've noticed, there seems to be stress between those who perceive landowners to be these huge mega corporations and when there really are mostly family-owned businesses. And, Most and of the timber land in the United States is owned by small family landowners. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I don't have the statistics right in front of me, but the percentage is, is pretty drastic. The industry has changed from the landowner standpoint. The vertically integrated companies, you know, divested their lands back in the, in the 2000s, and, and Timos and other uh, investment uh, companies, REITs, you know, have, have changed the landscape for uh, industrial or, or uh, commercial timberland ownership. Family landowners such as ourselves as part of a national association and, and that we only recently joined within the last uh, seven or eight years uh, really opened my eyes to, to make me understand that there are a lot of other families like ours uh, that exist across the United States um, that, you know, still care a lot about being good stewards and, and continuing that and, and take a lot of pride in it as we do. So let's bring it back to, to the annual meeting. So we have uh, Brooks Mendel that's going to, 
lead off the general session, then the panel uh, of the companies that are bringing facilities to Louisiana, Interfor, which recently turned around the old GP mill that was idled because of the pandemic. They're up and running. Hunt Forest Products is in their second venture with Tolco Industries out of Canada. They will construct a new state-of-the-art mill just like the one in, in LaSalle Parish in Taylor, just off of I-20. I think it's Steel Jones that's building a plant in Plain Dealing in Bossier. And Camp 4 Southern Pine will be building a, a lumber mill in the DeRitter area. So it's kind of spread out between north and, and southwest Louisiana. So the afternoon for the landowners will be Tim Foley, who is the director of Southern Group of State Foresters. He'll bring a good perspective on you know the alternative markets as, as opposed to just selling timber, what other things may exist for landowners to be able to generate revenue through uh, carbon programs or ecosystem services. Has Crow looked at carbon sequestration as, as a viable option for, for the business? We have looked at it and we have gone down that path a little bit. Uh, we, we haven't found the right exchange uh, that makes us comfortable with it, but no, it's definitely on, on the horizon. I do think it's a great opportunity. It's still so new though. It is new. It would be difficult, I would think, to make snap decisions on whether to to pursue that. I agree, and you do have to think about exactly what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. You know, we we uh, again pride ourselves on having flexibility. We don't like to be tied down to anything. Uh, to be honest with you, we we you know like to reserve the de- the decision to be able to uh, move the way we want to move. And and uh, with with carbon programs, you do have to commit. Uh, it is typically a little bit of a longer term. I know NCX is the one that has the the one-year time horizon, but uh, some of the longer programs that exist out there, 15, 30 years, 100 years in California, wow. that's uh, that's beyond our, our, our desire at this time. There are some fun things, too, though. Uh, do you play golf? I, I did play golf. Okay. Are you going to play in the tournament? I am absolutely going to play in the golf right. tournament. Okay. So that's happening on Tuesday, okay. uh, the day before the meeting kicks off and uh, that's also in tandem if you don't play golf you can also uh, go to the sporting clay shoot which is going to be at 3d shooting center which is just north of oberlin great facility and it's going to be a a lot of fun for those folks as well also for the meeting which is i think fun for a lot of folks too at the membership luncheon on wednesday there will be an honoring of the tree farm of the year and the crow family Tree form is something that y'all find near and dear to your heart? We do. We've been members of uh, American Tree Farm System since the 70s. And even though the boundaries of membership changed not too long ago, we did we did join in with the, uh, the IMG, Independently Managed Group, that's managed by Louisiana Forestry Association. It's a group of landowners of our size that are able to continue to, to stay in the tree farm system and have that third-party certification of of sustainability so we enjoy the system it it does work buyers of our timber enjoy knowing that it is third-party certified and and it is a value to them so it's a value to us it's primarily market driven as well where you know the end users are are putting that that on the mills and then the mills are then putting that on the landowners that they do want that certification standard so it's really an end user driven uh, sustainability program which for better or worse that's what it is on wednesday night we will have a celebration of the outstanding louisiana logger and some entertainment we do and hypnotist and a hypnotist that yeah that entertains 
that'll that's always fun. Eric uh, Eric Canned, if I'm saying his name correctly, is going to be hypnotizing some of the guests there. So that should be that should be interesting. Will you sure. volunteer? I, I probably will not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back on your first point regarding the loggers, I think you know that that is one sector of of the industry that that is really feeling the pinch uh, the most, and uh, on you know just fuel prices and. Uh, labor and everything else. And I, I know that the mills aren't exempt from that. They're seeing the same electricity charges going up and, and everybody's seeing these costs rise. But uh, for the most part, the loggers are uh, seem to be feeling the brunt of it. And uh, that's, you know, appreciating them and what they do and the hard work that they do out in the field. And, you know, most of those folks uh, have a lot of equipment cost a lot of money keeping them sustainable is is very important to our industry as a whole because they are the they're really the bridge between the landowners the and the, the manufacturers because it. without them the landowners have trees that don't go anywhere and the mills don't have any resources that's correct it's, absolutely it's, we'd, we'd both be nowhere without the logging force one of the things that i think folks really enjoy is the silent auction. We've had that every year and it's always been to support Project Learning Tree. PLT is really doing well right now, but we have to prepare for the upcoming election year, which is in 2023. And so the silent auction proceeds will go to 4PAC. And 4PAC is very important for uh, for the Louisiana Forestry Association and, and all its memberships to, to ensure that we do have a voice at the table uh, with, with those with those candidates and those politicians that are, um, you know, willing to listen to our, our side of, of the, uh, of the discussion and, and allow us to have somewhat of a seat at the table. So that's very important. Uh, very excited. I think it's a, a good diversion of the funds for this point in time, mm-hmm. uh, considering that we do have, uh, a very important election year coming up. And just to get a plug out for silent auction items, a lot of our members participate in that, in donating things that can be auctioned off uh, and some that will bring quite some spirited competition among <laughs> folks. They really watch. I think they really watch who's bidding on what. Sure. No, appreciate it to all the members that do that. And we encourage everybody, if you do have something that uh, you would like to contribute to the silent auction, please give the office a call. And, uh, you know, we, we appreciate that very much. That is a very important part of, of the conference. Another thing is the giveaways. Um, those are fun, too. Yeah, the, it looks the, like a... We have a very popular Bloody Mary social right after the general session and just before the membership luncheon. And there's a big giveaway during that time. There is. There's going to be the... Uh, the, the usual 12-gauge shotgun giveaway, it is a, a, a raffle, and, and it is uh, to benefit the Louisiana Logging Council. So it's also uh, it's, it's a good opportunity to support that, that group as well, and it's just a good time. So Putting on such a big event like this, it's always fun for us, but we really have to thank a lot of folks who give of themselves and they give of their resources to, to help us put this on. Our sponsors have been absolutely wonderful for us. Absolutely. This couldn't, couldn't happen without the sponsors. And, you know, there, there, there will be a full list coming out of all the people that, that sponsored this event, uh, in the next few weeks. However, you know, so companies such as Louisiana land bank, graphic packaging international, 
outdoor underwriters, First South Farm Credit, Warehouser, uh, Southern Loggers Cooperative, International Paper, Arborgen, Drax Biomass, Mud and Holland, Consulting Foresters, Interfor. That's just a, a small uh, list of, of some of the sponsors that, that are helping to put this event on. And so all of that is very much appreciated. On Thursday morning, we will wrap up uh, the meeting with Lauren Scott, who is always a uh, um, entertaining and very knowledgeable economist, uh, formerly with, with LSU. Always excited to hear Lauren speak. He's, he's a good man and, and uh, has done a great job in, in the past meetings uh, of giving a good macro and micro snapshot of where our state is. It's, uh, unfortunately, our state's not always in the best position, but hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll uh, continue to change that and, and make some strides. And I think seeing the manufacturers come in is, is one of the first steps of of getting this state turned around. We need more jobs here, uh, which in turn generates more tax revenue, which creates better infrastructure, and it's, it's, uh, it all has to start somewhere. So, You know, it's an interesting point. We never talked about the tax part of it, but when construction happens, it's a lot of taxes in the purchasing of materials, a lot of taxes in construction workers that are earning salaries, and then just the employees that will be operating the the mills, those taxes, they buy things, they will pay sales taxes, they will pay income taxes. So that's a huge boost to these rural communities. But also for the landowners, you're paying severance taxes as well. Correct. And it's all, all of that combined. It, it is my hope that the politicians make good decisions and spend it wisely. I think that's our hope for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why... Buck spends a lot of time in Baton Rouge during the session to make mm-hmm. sure that at least we're treated fairly. Agreed. Buck does do a good job of, of monitoring the legislation, tax, and everything, you know, tax policy and everything else. And severance tax is not something new that's been there for a long time. And, and you know, you hear stories about it, it uh, unfortunately not going to the designated purposes that it needs to go to, which is roads and infrastructure. Hopefully, with the right folks, we can make those changes. And uh, I know that that the road systems in Louisiana get a, get a pretty bad knock, and deservedly so. Some of them are horrible. But as we put 88,000 pounds of truck and, and timber on, on these roads, they need to be built correctly to be able to withstand that. And that's one of the unfortunate circumstances that, that a lot of them weren't ever built and or maintained correctly. In addition to that, and the infrastructure, I think, is also all those bridges that we've had trouble with, some bridges that um, I remember talking with uh, Jack McFarland, who's representative in the House of Representatives in Louisiana. He's also a logger, and he has to change his routes just because the bridges can't handle the weight of the trucks that would be hauling to the mill. Absolutely. And that adds more costs to the loggers. It does, and we we've, we have that circumstance going on right now. As a matter of fact, we, we've got uh, not only our loggers, but our, our foresters who have to drive a, a considerable amount out of the way uh, because of a substandard bridge. And, and those are issues that impact everybody daily across the state. I guess one more thing to close up with the meeting, if you have folks out there who might be on the fence, whether they want to go, whether they want to not attend the meeting, what would you tell them? Come on, it's going to be a great time. It's always fun to, again, get together. Golden Nugget is a great venue. Golf course is great. Uh, we've got a great lineup of, of speakers, and, and it'll be good to see everybody once again. 
Michael Kroll, president of Kroll Forest Resources. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. No, anytime, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry, the LFA and its programs, and how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers, and wood manufacturers in the state, go to laforestry.com. And remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, we're minding the forest for you.